Holistish. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Holistish, the podcast that gets you through your two-hour poop in the morning, because what else do you have to do these days? After you've drinking that whipped coffee, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, that whipped coffee. Did anybody try it? I want to know. Let me know. <laughs> Today, we have a very special guest for you, holistish babes. Sierra, tell them about yeah, it. Yes, so today we're going to be talking to Dr. Janine Krause, a naturopathic doctor, acupuncturist, and fellow podcaster, which is super exciting. Yeah, so whenever we get like interesting inquiries, we think it's like important to, you know, take them seriously and like pass this information along because neither of us really knew what a um, naturopath was. Right. So we wanted to talk to her, figure out what it was that she does, what her day to day looks like, and um, let her give us some advice about how to deal with stress and how that relates to aging because we thought it would just be really interesting overall. Yeah. So without further ado, is Dr. Janine Kraus. Here we go. Okay, so just because we are holistic health novices and kind of new to all this, and we're so thankful that you're speaking with us today, can you just talk a little bit about how you kind of discovered this path and the, the process you went through to get to where you are today? Sure. So I actually never woke up thinking I would be a naturopathic doctor or a doctor for that matter. I wanted to be a manager of a ski resort. Okay. Um, that was my that was my future goal. I thought I would be a ski bum for life. And uh, somehow along the way, um, I, I had my mom who was getting pretty sick. She had cancer. And, you know, I had my learner's permit. And I was only thinking, like, I can drive her to these appointments. Like that was all I was stoked about. And um, turns out that her naturopathic doctor and her acupuncturist were pretty darn cool. So I actually jumped into acupuncture first because I thought, you know, this this little Chinese guy who was doing all her stuff was pretty cool. And he's telling me like this needle does this and this does this and this point can make headaches go away and all these cool things. And at 15, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. So then I would go to my mom's naturopathic doctor. And he's talking about herbs and making teas and doing tinctures and and making all these fun things and and lotions and potions, basically. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I grew up in Illinois. It's not very Midwest, very like, ooh, like I said, lotions and potions. I mean, as it is, it took my father about four years to not call me a witch doctor. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I get it. And so anyway, I, I was learning all these things and thinking, man, these things are really cool. And so I... I applied to medical school, like conventional medical school at the University of Chicago. And then I also applied to Bastyr where I ended up going. And the ultimate reason that I chose to become a naturopathic doctor is because I'm learning like, oh, a naturopath learns all about nutrition for like three years during their training. And we learn about herbs and how we can treat people with different types of, you know, potions and lotions or different types of topical treatments, different therapies that don't involve pharmaceuticals. And I thought, well, this is kind of cool. We even got a whole year of, of behavioral science. So meaning like a lot of counseling too. So Mm -hmm. now we're covering the mindset type of things. And I thought, you know, compared to what my curriculum was going to be for going to medical school, I'm like, there's just so much more in terms of the toolbox for a naturopathic doctor. Now, granted, I didn't get the emergency medicine background and yes, we did get some of the pharmaceutical background, but not as much as a conventional doc. But I thought, yeah, this is pretty cool. So I jumped into it and uh, let go of my dreams of being a ski manager. So that's what happened. Yeah, that's very cool. That's so interesting. And I think it's something that is not really on a lot of people's 
radar as like a path you can take you know Mm -hmm. yeah it definitely wasn't on mine um in fact you know it was really like oh what do I want to be a doctor a lawyer you know I'm I'm in my 40s and there's there wasn't a lot I mean the internet was just like starting to come to life by the end of of high school for me so I didn't really have this idea broad idea other than I knew that I liked skiing and my parents were like oh God, you got to come up with something bigger than that. Mm -hmm. Like, so, you know, I thought, oh, this is it. This is, this is, this is a great combo of basically me getting to be my free spirit self. And I did like to garden. I love to play with plants, but I didn't know much (laughs) about it at all. And and all I really knew about herbs and things was what my grandma would do. And she was Polish and she had all these little tricks and and that's, I'm like, well, shoot, she's Mm -hmm. got some stuff that works. So if I can go off of that and learn some more, how many people can I help? This would be great. So very cool. That's how it went. And I guess what does a naturopathic doctor mean to you? Like when you hear those words, like what comes to mind? Mm -hmm. The first thing that comes to mind for me is trying to figure out what is going on with someone. We're taught in naturopathic school to find the root cause. And a lot of people will talk root cause, root cause. Really for me, it's like, do not leave any stone unturned figure out like what the heck is wrong with this person? Why are they having these symptoms? Instead of, you know, yes, I can give them a million herbs and things as band-aids, no different than a conventional doctor can give medications, but figure out like really what's the cause and hone in on it and get things solved. That's, that's what it is to me. Okay. What kinds of things do you do like on a day-to-day basis? Like what is a typical day-to-day for you? Okay. So day-to-day in COVID or day-to-day? I know. Oh my God. <laughs> day-to-day regular. Sure. Sure. Sure, I can I can do both. It's kind of fun because my practice yeah. has actually changed quite a bit because I'm okay. still practicing within the pandemic because um I am a primary care provider in Washington state mm-hmm. and a lot of folks are doing lots of activities outside and, and I'm I'm seeing sprains and strains and fractures and things that I normally wouldn't see. Oh, wow. So Interesting. In terms of, yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, I saw a ruptured eardrum the other day, oh, wow. not something I typically see, you know. So so kind of cool stuff where normally I'm not in that universe. I actually caught a hernia about, wow. let's see, last Thursday. So things that I typically won't see. And, and depending on where the naturopathic doctor is mm-hmm. um, throughout the United States or in, in Canada, depending on the province, there's different rules and regulations as to what we can do in terms of our practice and our scope of practice. In Washington State, I can serve as a primary care provider. So I am doing a lot of that right now. My typical practice outside of COVID and and normal life is I focus on pain management. And so I'm trying to figure out why someone has pain. What is it? Is it a hormonal imbalance? Mm -hmm. Is it a nerve thing? Is it a muscle posture mobility thing? And so I'm diving into that. I'm also looking at metabolic processes. So every single one of us has different levels of byproducts from our cellular metabolism. And sometimes we'll get out of whack in one of them. Almost like if you imagine a conveyor belt and little boxes building up on that conveyor belt, and then some of the boxes start to fall off and build up. If someone has something like that going on, like too many oxalates in their system, Mm -hmm. this is something that can build up in joints and cause joint pain. So I'm looking to try to find why does someone have this chronic pain? What is going on? Of course, because I am an acupuncturist, I will also integrate that into my same practice and and same visit. So someone comes in to see me, chances are they're going to be talking with me about what's going on and I'm going to be doing needles at the same time to help them out of pain. So that's my day-to-day in my particular practice. I also might also 
also give herbs um, if we're looking at needing something to help with a specific type of pain, or I might consider some minerals or vitamins, things of that nature. I am not your typical naturopath in terms of here's your suitcase of supplements, have a great day. I, I don't believe that does any good. I like to try to figure out really what's the cause, hone in on that, and then get things fixed up. Okay. So you're mostly uh, recommending your services to people who are having pain or chronic pain. Anybody else fall into that category of who would you recommend your services to? Yeah. So because I specialize in pain, that's one thing. But I do tend to see people who have hormonal imbalances. So perhaps someone is getting some wicked PMS, things of that nature. I will work on that. Or we'll have folks who have some issues in terms of menopause stuff going on, some hot flash that side of things. Um, let's see, what else do I typically see? I will also typically see folks have gut issues. So anything from okay. bacterial overgrowth to chronic diarrhea, chronic constipation. Um, also, I run the, the gamut of Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, so hypothyroid conditions, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. Those are some of the really more common things that I would end up seeing in my practice. And then I kind of have a quick question to follow up from that. How do patients mm -hmm. um, like find you? Is it something where like they're recommended your services or do they kind of seek you out? Like there's a couple different ways folks would find me in particular. If we look at, say, I didn't have any of the social media stuff, say I didn't have my podcast, things of that nature. Typically, because I am allowed to take insurance, folks look on their lists of who's a provider in terms of mm -hmm. insurance-based stuff, like Regents, for example, or Blue Cross, you know, Blue Cross, yeah. Primera, whatever, any of those. Yeah, so they would find me that way. Word of mouth is pretty common too. Like, hey, my friend saw you, and and I want to, you know, figure out how I can help. Okay, so that's another way. And then typically, I get a lot from my podcast um, because I'm I'm putting it out there that I, I'm here to help. If you're in the Tacoma area, but I also do a lot of online too. So those would be like my main ways yeah. of folks getting a hold of me. And then providers. I have a couple of medical doctors who are buddies in town, and and nurse practitioners, and so massage therapists. So yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was just curious. Yeah, that's really cool. So what are the things that you would recommend to everyone? Like, is there something specific that people don't do enough that you think <laughs> or that you see a lot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple different things. Number one is breathing, which seems really dumb because we have to, you know, maintain it to be alive. But a lot of us don't take the deep breaths that we need to. Um, and with good posture, because a lot of people will be like, I'm doing my five count. I don't know if you can see me five count inhales and seven count exhales. And I'm all hunched over. You're not going to get that in, you know, it's like taking that power posture and just really getting that good posture going so that you can get that five count inhale, seven count exhale going and really paying attention to doing that when you're getting stressed out. Cause that could be a it could be a game changer for you after workouts, things of that nature, get your heart rate back down. Um, my other big thing, which I have here that doesn't look like a, you know, I have my whiskey, you know, <laughs> um, water, drinking water basics seems dumb, you know? And like, why would you have to see a doctor to, to, to know that you need to do this stuff? Unfortunately, we have the basics down, but we just need a little coaching. But yeah, I think everyone could breathe a little better, drink their water and freaking eat your veggies. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like what everyone can do. And at least, you know, it sounds dumb, but it's like five cups of veggies a day might seem strange and too much, but I can get guts moving better. We can get a lot more antioxidants, skin changes, things of that nature amazing stuff from three simple things that we all know but don't do 
Right. Yeah. Sierra, we need to eat five cups of veggies a I day. know. Ugh, definitely not doing that in quarantine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like I... No, I it's, it's hard. to set up straighter now. <laughs> so, um, what types of, like, holistic practices do you implement in your day-to-day life, if you can think of any other than water and this... <laughs> eating veggies? <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, in my everyday life, I'm I love to take herbs and make them into a spice mix. So I will take my chilling out herbs because let's face it, you know, with the whole pandemic, but also just like trying to figure out the world, there's a weird vibe going on. I've decided I need to like calm myself every day. So I make a mix of passion flower, lemon balm, which are green herbs. So mind you, they're, they're kind of funny colored, but um, passion flower, lemon balm, and a little bit of cordyceps mushrooms. So that the cordyceps gives me a boost, the passion flower and the lemon balm just kind of chill it out. So like we press a little of the gas and a little break and it kind of finds a nice happy medium. And I'll throw that in the smoothies. If I'm not eating a smoothie, I have a salt mix where I'll put it on top of like eggs, something of that nature. So I make spice mixes out of my herbs versus trying to like pop pills all day long. And I'll play with them based on what's up. So that's kind of my morning. My evening ends up being, I'll mix a little bit of that with some magnesium to help me just kind of chill and ease into the evening. And um, the passion flower lemon balm, again, I can make a tea out of that stuff. Uh, Lemon balm in the Washington State area. I'm looking outside (laughs) of my big old bush right here that I've got like out there. It grows wild here craziness. You put in the ground and it just pops off. And so sometimes I'll make some lemon balm tea and throw a little passion flower. I don't have that in terms of fresh herb, but I do have it. And and I'll chill with that little chamomile. That'll kind of ease me in along with the magnesium. And that's kind of like my baseline of, of things that I do. If I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, little overwhelmed, little stress. I have L-theanine. Have you guys heard of L-theanine? I haven't. Amino acid. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great amino acid. Interestingly enough, it chills you out, but comes from green oh, tea. I don't okay. know. But a little bit of that, you can pop that a little bit throughout the day, um, and that helps chill you and keep you just calm. And so that's kind of my break in case of emergency. <laughs> so if, if life is just getting overwhelming, I will do that and breathe. And it seems to be helping out so far. But yeah, those are some of my things I do. I do try to eat as closest to nature as possible. That is a huge thing. And working out um, every day. I will do some form of physical activity, not killing myself. But yes, those would be like my baseline of what I do to stay healthy every day. And I guess one last thing, do you have any kind of game changing holistic health products that you want to share? I know Jenna and I try out a lot of stuff like we tried out uh, essential oils like crystal face roller, CBD. Is there any kind of product that you really enjoy that you want to share with us? You know, gosh, my favorite's probably nitric oxide boosters. So it's nitrates. Um, and, and a lot of people are like nitrates. We're not supposed to eat those in our meat. It's, it's a little different than that. Um, these are things that these, there's a capsule, but you can also do, and this is where you can sneak in your veggies, by the way. Um, five, (laughs) five ounces of spinach a day will help to boost your nitric oxide levels. Nitric oxide helps with dilating your vessels. And so it helps for circulation. So if you have cold hands and feet, but it also helps for like brain fog and it helps any other supplement that you might be taking because it's going to help with circulation throughout the body. And I just did a podcast not too long ago about immunity. It helps boost immunity because a lot of us, if we're not breathing very well, now we're also not getting proper circulation to our lungs. And with this whole pandemic business and it affecting the lungs. Yeah. 
the nitric oxide could help there. Now, if you're wanting to take a pill and you're not down with five ounces of spinach a day or sp it's spinach, arugula, beets, you can mix and match. You do not have to like max out on spinach because yeah. <laughs> it gets to be. We just talked about it. It's I wouldn't. Too, how we hate yeah. spinach. It's too much in a smoothie, yeah. you can taste the grittiness and then it, it's upsetting oh. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, you got you got to balance that out. Yeah, no, no. Um, so anyway, if you want to try something that doesn't involve any of those, there is a company called Berkeley Life Professional Formula, and they have an, its nitrates, and it'll say on their okay. nitric oxide booster. So that is like my game changer. It helps me to get through workouts. It helps me to not be fatigued. It's it's just wow. one of my faves. So play with that one and see what you Amazing. think. I think that's such a good idea. Yeah. Because I was thinking about um, investing in pre-workout, but I really didn't want to mm -hmm. because of all the weird stuff in it. So I would I would test that out. So because yeah, the caffeine and stuff never never goes well, and depending on what brand of pre-workout you mm -hmm. have. Yeah, there's all kinds of junk in those. Some of them have beet powder, though. Then that's Weird. the idea. They're trying to help boost yeah. the nitric. So, yeah, play mm -hmm. with it. See what happens. Interesting. Cool. So in these times of COVID, everybody's stressed out. We're all aging rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you talk to us about um, some of the things that you you tell people about stress management and, and aging and, and along that Absolutely. Vein. I think one of the big things, I mean, yes, I've already said water and, and breathing and all that stuff and, and the antioxidants from food, but really the big thing is mindset. I think a lot of us have lost the art of keeping a positive mindset, but also like having fun. Everyone's kind of dwelling on like, oh my God, I'm stuck at home. Oh my God, I'm stuck at home. My husband and I created a mini golf course in our backyard because we're like, well, let's play. Like, let's let's do this we're stuck yeah. at home what can we do out of the backyard so right now he's currently i can see him out there he's out there changing things around because he likes to do that for us and so every week we have a new little mini <laughs> golf course but but the idea here is having fun i i think we've unfortunately lost the art of it and folks are like i need to do this this and this and you know, or yes, there's all the, the worries about the COVID, but it's like, all right, let's be in the moment. Let's, you know, like, hey, we're hanging out with people hopefully we like. Um, or if we have some friends, you know, that are that we're social distancing with, you know, hanging out and just, gosh, channel your inner five-year-old. I think we really, we really forget that. We get older and then we're like, okay, I have to an adult. And all this adulting stuff also stresses us out. So my opinion for, for working like number one in terms of helping with reversing aging is actually channel your inner five-year-old, reverse the aging a little bit with that first. Um, it's an easy thing to do. There's things you can go build upon that. But first and foremost, like, don't be so stinking serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's too much. It's too much. How do you feel about productivity during this time? I know I keep seeing all these things like be productive, do something important, but then there's some times when you don't really want to do anything. I think listen, I listening, listening to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, be productive, get stuff done. Sure. But like, I think a lot of us also with stress have forgot about the idea of comfort. Mm -hmm. I think we, I think folks have mom, you know, folks are moms. I'm not, I'm a fur baby mom. So I have no idea what that is like to teach your kids school stuff and all of that. I could not imagine, mm -hmm. but you know, I think it's putting yourself first a little bit sometimes and finding your comfort, whether it's like a cozy shirt, like I got a nice cozy shirt on or like a blanket, like wrapping yourself, just like indulging in the moment of like, 
I don't feel like being productive. I want to read a book. I'm going to take a nap. You know, because we've spent so much time not seeking out our comfort and trying to be so stinking productive, I think we've got ourselves in a state of, yes, there's fight or flight, but I think a lot of us have gotten ourselves into freeze. Freeze is where our metabolism stops. Mm -hmm. We can't lose weight. We're cold. We're not feeling good. You know, we're, we're just grumpy. I think a lot of people really do need to to seek out comfort for whatever that means to them. Obviously, I'm not saying go and grab, you know, a bottle of wine or, or a whole, you know, fifth of whiskey and sit in the <laughs> corner. I mean, that could be comforting, but not healthy comforting. I think it's more thinking about, mm-hmm. like you were saying, you know, do I have to be productive? No, go play. You know, you want to sit out on your back porch and stare at, you know, the neighbors and see what they're doing across the way? Do it, you know? Indulge for in that just for a little bit throughout the day. And yes. sadly, um, you guys are in the US, yes. I, I saw something about New York um coming up. So you you all we all in the United States have a law of fifteen minutes for every four hours of work. And it's shocking to me that the only people yeah. that get breaks or take breaks are those who smoke. And I'm like, what the heck? We all need to be taking our breaks. I think so many people right now with the be productive mm-hmm. do that. Like people are working like they don't even know that they're working way more than exactly. eight hours. It's crazy. So <laughs> be yes. indulgent into your comfort zone, finding what's comfortable for you. Surround yourself with comfort, whatever that means to you. Just in general, what are some signs that stress is kind of taking you over? I know that's something that I saw a lot on your website. If you could kind of tell us a little bit about <laughs> that. Sure. So let's go with the one that most people don't like, belly fat. So you can't seem to get rid of that belly fat. It's annoying. You're like, what the heck? You know, I got this little pooch. I didn't have that before. That's a sign that metabolism has gone into freeze mode, as I talked about earlier. Not good. You don't want that. There's that. There's also the like, you can't slow your mind down. Mm -hmm. Sometimes folks will start to notice insomnia in different patterns. Maybe you can fall asleep just fine, but you're waking up at two, three, four, you know, five in the morning and you're just laying there and you're like looking around and you're like, oh my God, why can't I sleep? What is going on? Oh, my mind, it just keeps thinking. So there's that. There's also signs of you just can't seem to get through a task. So you're trying to be productive, but your mind is pinging in so many different directions. And then you just sit there and you're like, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed. And then this overwhelm starts to come to, to like the repeat session. The other biggie that happens with us when stress is taking over the body is we start to have trouble with digestion. And in particular, I noticed that, yes, there's the acid reflux. Yes, there's the constipation diarrhea. But then it tends to develop into, I'm sensitive to more foods now. I can't okay. eat certain foods where I used to. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people will will note that. Um, that maybe, you know, God, you know, I used to be able to eat dairy. Now I can't, it's really bogging me down. I feel, you know, puffy eyes, stuffy nose, things of that nature. So those are kind of some of the, the basic check-ins that, hmm, maybe stress has got a little bit of hold of you. Something's not going mm-hmm. right. I mean, there's obvious ones, chest pain, heart palpitations, you're kind of like anxiety stuff. But I think for a lot of people, we don't associate hundred percent the gut 
and and collecting yeah. collecting food sensitivities with increased stress. But that's a big one that I talk about a lot in my office. Because I have some people that come in, they're like, I'm cool, my life's great, nothing's going on, and they're like this. <laughs> it's all fine, my shoulders are my ears, because that's that's how it's made. They're not, you know, I'm not wearing his earrings. That's just, it's fine. Everything's fine. I'm like, okay. But I need, I have these food sensitivities. I can't eat anything. I'm getting hives. So hives and rashes, another big thing. Random ones that you have no idea why you're getting hives, why you're getting these rashes, could possibly be stress and overwhelm. I feel called out. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. I never, like, made that connection. So yeah. if you are, I mean, if you are realizing that stress is kind of taking over, how how do you manage and uh, kind of deplete that stress, especially, like, during these times? Oh, man. So first and foremost, you got, you got to first go, like, okay, if it's a food sensitivity thing, write down all of the things that you're noticing you're reacting to and see if there's a connection to them. Because oftentimes what you'll see is like, say you have problems with bananas, avocado, and let's say like aged cheddar. Hmm. All three of those are high histamine foods. So these types of things have connections. So I will often have people like journaling and I, and you don't have to like write like super long essays. This isn't a doctoral thesis. I mean, this is just literally like, huh, today I felt overwhelmed and all of a sudden I had hives or I started having hot flashy kind of stuff and I'm not in menopause. I'm like, you know, 35, I shouldn't have this. So taking a note as to what mm-hmm. your body is, is experiencing and then connecting it to triggers, like things that stress you out. If you can make the connection between the symptom and the trigger, then you can work backwards to be like, okay, I need to breathe a little. I need to maybe take a walk. Like when, you know, like my boss comes in and all of a sudden I'm getting sweaty. Okay. <laughs> Clearly your boss is stressing you out, you know, but, but for a lot of people, they just think they're getting hot flashes, you know, and haven't connected it with the foods. Let's go back to the foods for a minute. Cause I think the foods are probably one of the ones that it is probably not as common to think about. Connect the foods a little bit. So say it's not histamines. Say it's nightshades. So tomatoes, peppers, potatoes, things of that nature. If it's that, then you got to go, okay, maybe I just need to take these guys out for a little bit. Just let my body chill. Let the gut chill a little bit. Eat some very simple foods. And by that, I mean not so bland, but just maybe you're doing a little more soups because it's easier to digest or stew. Something that's cooked down versus all the raw Mm. stuff. Because I do find that people will get crazy with raw stuff. I was talking about the spinach. Usually I'm not going to, I'm going to make like spinach pizza, meaning I'll make a crust of the spinach pizza because then it's like crust and it's not spinach. Just, Just saying. There's ways to sneak in the veggies here and there. But the idea is, is... And, and I'm saying this and I, I'm laughing because spinach is spinach is a high histamine food, but neither here nor there. The idea is making things cooked and, and versus all raw because raw stuff can be really hard on the gut. And I'll notice a lot of people get stressed and now they're just drinking smoothies. They're like just drinking smoothies because I'm trying to lose weight too. You know, there's always that kind of aspect too. So the idea is cook your foods, warm them up a little bit, make things easier to digest and take out the foods that might be bothering you for at least a month and then reintroduce them one by one and see how you do, see how the gut feels. If you have like 400 foods and you're just like, I have no idea, then time for some food sensitivity testing to see what, you know, the immune system's responding to. Now, granted, food sensitivity testing can be a little bit, you know, you could have some skepticism, let's put it that way, about it. But um, 
I do find that if you're having a reaction, you're going to see an immune system blip on there that says, hey, this got me. And so what I'm saying here is if you are going to go do a testing like that, you want to have one that does a little bit of something called the IG4 response or an IgA response, meaning you can see what the those guys do in terms of the reaction. So U.S. Biotech, I'm just going to throw that company out. I have no connection. They're not paying me to say it, but it's one of the companies that I use. So that would be something to consider in terms of going, okay, perhaps my gut and, and maybe some gut bug stuff. But a lot of times it's not necessarily the gut bugs unless you've been really sick prior mm-hmm. to. It's usually just that they're shifting because of stress. And chances are these foods that you might be coming sensitive to are ones that you've been eating on repeat because we'll get into that like food zone of like every day I'm doing oatmeal every lunch I'm doing you know a salad with blah 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 and then dinner same salad with some type of protein or whatever it may be but we get in food ruts so trying not to get into a food rut is is a big way to help protect your gut a little bit too did I overwhelm too much I Sometimes awesome. I get chatty. No, it's good. No, this is no, no this is so great. Good. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. This has been super, it's just things but, I've never even yeah, thought of. I feel like we learned yeah. a lot and it's so great to talk to just someone with a different perspective always, you know, <laughs> like you don't really learn unless yeah. you Absolutely. get those viewpoints. Absolutely. True, true. Yeah. Well, thank you ladies. I appreciate yeah. you interviewing me and drilling me on all this stuff. <laughs> thank you we really appreciate it very cool wow what a fascinating conversation sierra do you feel enlightened do you know i do feel enlightened good (laughs) me too all right everyone we hope you enjoyed our show this week we'll be back at you with something new next week honor yourself today by not pressuring yourself to be a better person during this time yep yeah because it's just that's too much pressure honor yourself with a nice glass of water maybe some netflix (laughs) see you next week goodbye bye